This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. 
You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Alexa Martin is the author of Better Than Fiction. I hosted Alexa the last time she was on this podcast. This time she's hosted by Alicia Fernandez Miranda, who is one of our Zippy Books authors, who has her own book called My What If Year coming out in February of 2023. Alexa Martin is a writer and stay-at-home mom. A Nashville transplant, she's intent on instilling a deep love and respect for the great Dolly Parton in her four children and husband. The playbook series was inspired by the eight years she spent as an NFL wife and her deep love of all things pop culture, sparkles, leggings, and wine. When she's not repeating herself to her kids, you can find her catching up on whatever Real Housewives franchise is currently airing or filling up her Etsy cart with items she doesn't need. All right. Hi, everybody. It's Alicia welcoming you back to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And I am here today with Alexa Martin, the author of Better Than Fiction, a romantic comedy that is like the book that you want. You just want to like put a warm blanket over you, maybe a hot water bottle, like a little cup of tea or a glass of wine and just read about Drew and Jasper and their love story. It was such a charming book. Alexa, thank you for joining the podcast today to talk about your work. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited. So uh, before we jump too much into this, because I have like so many things I want to talk about, why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about what Better Than Fiction is about? So Better Than Fiction is a rom-com about Drew, who has inherited her grandmother's bookstore, but little problem, she does not like to read. Um, She is really just trying to keep it all together and keep her grandma's legacy alive. But the book club that meets the Dirty Birds wants nothing to do with her just kind of coasting along. And so they meddle in her life and set her up with their favorite romance author, Jasper, And when he finds out that she doesn't love to read, he's determined to make her fall in love with books and him and uh, creates this book bucket list in exchange for her showing him around Colorado for his next book. And it's, it's funny, it takes place during the summer, but it's such a cozy read. It is a co- it's yeah. like it's like I'm very into right now, just like I want to be a little bit escapist. I don't I just want to kind of like I want to go into the, the book nook. I just want to kind of like hang out there. I want to meet Jasper because he's very attractive. I'm a happily married woman, but <laughs> he's a definite romantic hero for sure. And so when I first started the book, I was like, God, it must be so hard for a writer to create a character who hates books. That seems to me like it would be like such a stretch. And then I started listening to your previous podcast that you recorded with Zibby and learned that you were not a book lover yourself until you read Fifty Shades of Grey. So I want to hear about your journey to writing and to reading. Like, tell me a little bit about that story. I will say, to be fair, I think I read too long of a period of not loving it. You know, I think once you like leave school and you have all the mandatory reading, you kind of are just like reading's not that fun. Mm. So you don't read as often. I would read a couple of books and I'm a all or nothing type of girl for the most part. So if I like, a, if I read a book, I read it in like two days. <laughs> it's not like I'm not just like taking a book to read like for a month because I have a kind of addictive personality, but I only do the good things. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, my grandma was like, have you read this Fifty Shades book? And Your grandma. Like, oh, she was like, I keep hearing about it. So finally I was like, okay, yes. Yeah, my grandma. Mm-hmm. My grandma, this Better Than Fiction is dedicated to my grandma. It was very much kind of pulled from the same inspiration where my grandma was really the book lover in my life. 
And so she never read Fifty Shades, but she had kept hearing about it. So she was like, maybe you should read it. And I did. And it was my gateway drug. And from that point, I just could not stop reading romance. It was, I'd throw all the kids in the back of minivan and we go to Target or we go to Barnes and Noble. And then I found Apple Books. And when I tell you my entire life changed, I was like, <laughs> all of the books in my phone, just at any time of day. So I started reading a lot. But I was only reading that way, right? So if you like this book, you might like this. Right. And a lot of the recommendations weren't very diverse reads. And I was on vacation with my husband. I think it's the only way to have an idea. And so he was swimming. And so he's like, you want to do the water slides? I was like, absolutely. My fun is a book <laughs> uninterrupted by my children. So I was sitting reading and a an idea just kind of popped into my head. And I was like, but you're not a writer. I've written, I wrote blogs mainly because we live far away and I wanted to like update my family, but it wasn't like a blog with like advertising. It was like a blog that I'd be like, Hey family, I posted one on Facebook, right. you know, like that little thing. I was like, you're not a writer. You don't know how to write. But when I got home, I just decided to give it a go. And that was my first book intercepted, which took me four years to write because I would start and I would delete and I would start and delete. And then I got pregnant with my fourth child and I didn't write it all while I was pregnant because my brain was not working. Mush in there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so then I finished it when she was right after she turned one. I found a writing buddy in my pregnancy group. We were belly buddies and we both found out we wanted to write. Oh, how cool. Yeah. And we started just sending each other a chapter a week. Her debut book, Ravel, actually comes out in February on Valentine's Day. So Ah. it's been very fun for like our journeys to go from like just being pregnant together to here. And I got my agent and I've just been able to thankfully keep writing. But it was definitely something that I don't want to say I fell into it because it was very intentional, right? Especially, you know, this is moms. Don't we know what we have time for? And it doesn't come easy. So it was very like intentional to carve out the time to write, even if it was just a little bit at a time. But it's definitely not something that when I was like a kid, I was never like, I want to be an author. I never even thought it was impossible. Even when I started writing, I was like, I don't think I'll let anybody read it. And then I was like, maybe I'll self-publish under a pen name. (laughs) So it was very much a journey for me. And same with reading. Reading became something that I also had to do intentionally and picking up a book instead of just turning on Real Housewives. So I'm I'm like... I love that you kind of talk about this intentional process to do it because I think when I started writing, my kids were older. It was COVID, so, you know, they were home a lot. Mm -hmm. But they were older and, like, slightly more self-sufficient. You've got four kids, right, in a range of ages. Yeah. Now they're they're all in school. This is the second year where they're all in school. So that's been really nice to have some time during the day to do things like this and to write not at, like, after they all go to sleep at night. But yeah, so getting into like when they, when I first started, so when I first started my intercepted, I don't think I wasn't even pregnant with Ellis yet. Yeah, no, not at all. So my, I had three kids at that time and it was, I had like three at first when I had Dash, my oldest was what, three. So it was like three under three. So they were probably about four, three and one when I started writing, which is why it took me (laughs) so long to do it. Besides being, you know, fully, utterly, like, unequipped, not knowing what I was doing, which was actually probably for the best, because I think if I would have read craft books or known what I know now, I think I would have been too overwhelmed to start. So I think that, like, naivety, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said, I can write words, I cannot pronounce them. 
<laughs> I totally feel you. I, yeah. I recorded my audiobook a few weeks ago. And in doing that, I realized how many words I did not know how to pronounce <laughs> that I knew how to write. They kept having to stop me and being like, that's not how you say that. And then because I live in the UK, I'd be like, oh, that's the British pronunciation. But that was a lie. It was really just <laughs> not how to say that word. <laughs> I live in fear of somebody asking you to read my book out loud. <laughs> but you've written so many books now. I mean, you you must get asked to do that a lot. So how do you kind of find the balance between promoting your works, writing new works, and then, you know, your your responsibilities at home? Well, if I'm being honest, I don't do much promotion. It's something I've been thinking about a lot and that I need to do more of. I get very uncomfortable. It's um, something I probably need to work out with a therapist about talking about myself and like the good things and the bad things, I really struggle with kind of putting it out, which I mean, if you look at my Instagram, it's basically like, here are my kids. And then like some book things thrown in. My book just came out. So there's a lot more book things. And I'm very lucky to work with Berkeley, who's amazing. And they give me really great promotional pictures for me to post. But I do really struggle with that. It's something I need to get better with, especially right now when social media plays such a big part in it. But it's just so hard. And everybody's doing TikTok now. And I'm like, those videos take so long to make. I know. I know. But like, it's funny to hear you that? say that because I started following you on social media when I um, was reading the book and I like love all the bookish content. I love how you kind of talk about your characters and their likes and dislikes. And I feel like it really, um, it was one of the things I was going to ask you about, like, how do you get your social media so good? <laughs> so Thank that's you. actually very reassuring to know that you have some help with that. Oh, uh, yeah, I do have help, with, especially with the pictures. I also struggle. And then it's nice to hear you say that because I sometimes tell my friends all the time, right? It's so easy to give advice. It's so hard to take mm. the same advice the people are there because they're interested in what you're doing. So you telling them this is not putting them out. They chose to be in that space to hear it. But even as I tell other people that, and I know that still, when I write something, I, I would say I delete things about 50% of the time. And I'm like, nobody wants to hear this. And then just put my phone away. I hate video content to me. That's the worst. Oh, it's so I'm like, I can, I'm, I'm a, I'm a writer. I like to deliberate about the things I say. Yes. I'm so in awe of people who can just like shoot an off the cuff video or, oh my God, do an Instagram live. I'm like, oh, it strikes fear. Definitely strikes fear in my heart. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard and the balance of it all, right? To write. And when I am, my kids like to throw me under the bus. So they're just like, you know, it doesn't matter how much time you have to write a book, you will write it in the last two months. And I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> just let me do my chaotic process in peace. But to like write and to be present in your everyday life and to promote like it is people have to be very organized and I have not gotten there yet. Well, I mean, you seem to be doing a pretty good job of it. And you wrote this book during 2020, right? So this was a pandemic book. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I started. Well, so I got this deal in what was that? September of 2020. So I wrote it and he turned it in in 2021. But I was one of the people that was still very much staying inside through 2021. So I wasn't really, I still wasn't out and about. And that's why when you said for this book couldn't be an escape, I love that so much because that's how I felt writing it. Like reading the books and going to the bookstore and going hiking and outside while I was inside the house with my 
four kids and husband, it did very much feel like an escape. And I hope people would feel that as they were reading it. It really does. I think you take us to all of these great places. And because Drew is so outdoorsy, like there's so much kind of nature around. And so I think that's funny. I didn't really think about it. But of course, you had to write this like outside character while you were sitting inside all the time. <laughs> but that must have been very therapeutic for you. Although I imagine challenging with, you know, your kids at home, during especially those kind of initial days where we were all, everybody was home, everybody was inside, nobody was leaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was also, I mean, really, yeah, to do it with everybody around. I watched a lot of like (laughs) YouTube videos of people being outside, which is so ridiculous sounding, but it was, you know, (laughs) to like get, cause I've whitewater rafting. It's one of the dates that they go on. It's I'm not, I'm not an outdoorsy girl, but whitewater rafting is something that I've always wanted to do and I've never done it. And so I watched so many, you know, like the GoPro videos of people oh like God. rafting. <laughs> I watched so many of them to just make sure it sounded kind of authentic as they were doing it. But yeah, it was really fun. This whole book was very therapeutic because also just along with Drew's journey, I got this book deal the day after my mom's funeral. So to walk through Drew's journey of grieving her grandmother was very helpful with my own journey of grieving and kind of getting some of these feelings out, even through like another person, you know, sometimes it's easier to see these things when you're not staring at it directly in the face, Yeah, but have that buffer and go through the steps and some of the grief with her was very nice for me as well. So this entire book was just really a gift to be able to write, if I'm being honest. And so I have a very soft spot in my heart for this story. I'm sorry about your mom. And I did read that in the acknowledgements. And I think, you know, it's not, it's, it's right up front that Drew is processing her grief, you know, at the very beginning, you know, how did you find sort of writing, I guess the editing process, like writing a lot of it probably when things were more raw and then having to go back later and kind of edit it for the reader, but, you know, still talking about this grief that was, you know, parallel to your experience. Was that challenging for you? Um, I, the editing process I actually really love. I've been lucky enough to work with my editor since my first book. So we oh, have amazing. this very nice kind of communication and flow. And so I, and I think over the years I've become a I'm more, I'm more clean with my draft. So they're never too bad. I will say there's a scene in this book that does hit me in the feels every single time. It's towards the end of the book and it makes me cry every time. Mm. And I think it's probably my favorite scene of the book because I feel that every time. But I don't know. I think I'm one of those weird people who sometimes I really like to talk about my grief. I really like getting it out there. So to kind of have the story where I was able to put it in talk about it and kind of go back to it. It actually, it wasn't that hard because again, that is something. I think if you are a person who has dealt with loss, there's a part of you that never wants to talk about it, but also always wants to talk about it. Yes. So finding that balance. So this really gave me a nice place to package it up. But, and when I say that, it definitely is still a lighter story, right? She is going through this grief, but it's not a story that's going to have you like sad and depressed. It's a, it's still a rom-com, I would say. I just have to be careful when I'm saying it. I don't want people to be like, oh gosh, it's just depressing. And it's not. It's not. Um, I, I can say from experience, it is not depressing. Yeah. Is not, <laughs> not just the author saying that, the reader. 
But, you know, that's like an important piece of her story and her journey. And it kind of yeah. repels where she is at this moment and also how she's able to love, which is a real thing with grief. Grief impacts your relationships with your loved ones and how you're able to give yourself in a relationship and not. So I thought you I that really agree. Well. And I think it's part of what makes romance such a beautiful genre is it is a space to explore these hard topics while knowing at the end there is this happily ever after that makes it very easy to explore these no matter kind of where you are in the process. If you're at the beginning, if you're at the end, but to see the growth, I think that's my favorite part of this book is the growth in Drew. And I love Drew. I think I've heard from a few people that she is an unlikable heroine. (laughs) And I understand that she's a bit of a grump, but I think, I just think she's so fun. And I love my female characters to be a little grumpy when I think the expectation for so long, not anymore. I don't want to say that because there's so many people writing very dynamic. I think every, especially in romance, so many very dynamic characters and dynamic um, female characters, but I really like them to have these imperfections. I do struggle, on the other hand, with my heroes. People are like, they need flaws. I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Who has enough going on in her life? She needs somebody perfect. I know. You're like, shh. I'm writing my dream. I'm writing my dream. Does romance author to woo her? <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Does your husband read your books and your male characters and like feel like I should be doing this for you? Uh, no, I know people keep asking if he reads them. I know he did intercept it on audiobook, but I've just kind of stopped asking because, well, intercept was actually probably the one that I was most anxious about from reading because it was right. my first one. And it was very much like a woman who had been dating her high school sweetheart playing the NFL and she leaves him. And I was like, I don't want to be like, Hey, what is this? <laughs> so I think he does, he's, he does some audiobooks, and I don't know if he's done them, but what's so funny is he did tell me that his dad reads them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So his dad's always like, I, I was reading Snaps and I really, like, he like has conversations about the characters, which is very cute and fun. Okay. But there's some steamy scenes in your books. So how do you, your father-in-law scenes. is reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that. I love that yeah. actually. Yeah. There are steamy scenes. And I will say 
going back to this book that I think the steamy scenes in Better Than Fiction are my favorite that I've ever written. They are so much fun. I thoroughly enjoyed them. (laughs) Thank you so much. I usually dread writing these scenes. Like I always say black out and I don't remember, but I was like, when do I get to write? There's only one bed, which is, I think the superior trope. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I was so excited to write that one. And then there's another one. I'm trying to think how many others, but there's two, the only one bad. And there's another one towards the end. That was also just so fun to write. And I was like, wait, do I love writing sex scenes now? This could could open up a whole new, you know, a whole new world for you. I love when that happens. I recommended the Court of Thorn and Roses series to a friend of mine. I don't know if you've read those. Read those books. Yeah. They're extre- they're very graphic. Just spoiler <laughs> for everybody. But like the first book is not that graphic. So I read the first one and I like recommended it to a bunch of people, including my husband's best friend. Who you see, like he was like, I have a long car ride. I'm going to listen to it on audiobook. And then I got to the second book and all this stuff started happening. I said to my husband, I was like, Oh my god, I don't. I don't know what to say. I still think <laughs> I still think Stephen should listen to these, but also he just needs to know, like, I maybe didn't know that that was happening when I was recommending it to yeah. him. Um, That's so, the audiobook, my aunt sent me a message saying she's getting the audiobook and she's going to listen to it in the car with her huts, with my uncle on their <laughs> way, like, on a road trip. And I was like, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. That's the audio, like, hearing it and... I have another, well, I think it's a funny story. So in this book, there's the Dirty Birds, which is also one of my favorite parts. They're of the story. so the great. Book club of older women who just like metal and they're very much pulled from my life and my grandma's friends. And like, I can point out like, oh, this one, this friend is her and this one is her. And the one friend who reminds me of Mona, who's one of the Dirty Birds, I still talk to her daughter occasionally and her daughter told me that she was listening to my book on audiobook and she picked up her mom, which was my grandma's best friend. And as her mom sat in the car, one of the sex scenes started playing. And I was like, yes. no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. So that was a story. I was like, well, okay, there we go. Just own it. Listen, own it. They're beautifully yeah. written. They're romantic. <laughs> like, you know, everybody can use that in their life, I think. So I'll need it. Yeah. Just my grandma's best friend. Uh, oh my God. Just, like, you know, put it, just put it behind you. Put it behind you. <laughs> it's something I probably thought about a few times as I was writing the story of them being like, too, we know, <laughs> we know that you're smiling a little brighter. <laughs> And that like embarrassment and like, well, I guess. (laughs) Oh my God. So I'm sure people ask you all the time, like what parts are based off your real life. There was one thing I wanted to know if was, is based on a real life experience, which is tequila Tina. Is that something that happens to you or someone, you know? (laughs) A little tequila Tina lives in all of us. I think so. Was it tequila? No, I, I have some vodka stories that I don't know if are appropriate to share Some real mistakes. Now I'm that person who I like count my drinks. And then like at a certain point, I'm like, now it's time for water and I need a piece of bread. And that is all I will be drinking tonight because I am too old to throw up. You will not catch me. <laughs> like, will not do it. Yeah, no, I have vodka is what I drink. And Poison of choice. Oh, wait, there might have been a tequila story. Now I'm thinking, <laughs> oh no, I've blocked these out. <laughs> it was one of those things that I read and I was like, this is such a great detail that it has got to be based in the true experience because <laughs> it's just one of those amazing things. It's towards the end of the book, so I wouldn't want to spoil it for people, but just, you know, putting it putting it out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> so as a fellow lover of rom-coms, what are your like top three favorite romantic comedies? Books. Let's see. Oh gosh, books are so hard because I love so many of them. I'm trying to think of what I've but, oh no. This I mean, should have known this is coming. I don't know why I do this. You could uh, also choose movies or okay. Well, so for books, I think one of the ones that I hold very like dear and near to my heart is The Wedding Date by Jasmine Guillory. Uh, I still remember the first time I saw that cover. The main character's name is Alexa. Love that book. I love, oh, you know what is another great one? And since it's The Holidays, um, In a Holidays by Christina Lauren is one of the most wonderful, gentle. I hugged that book so many times. I just hug it. I love it so much. There's a scene where they're like, laying underneath the Christmas tree and looking up and it is oh it's my favorite oh, scene. I love that. Um and then let's see what else what is another because a lot of the books of romance that I love I really love the suspense romance. So mm-hmm. of, does the roommate by Rosie Dannon was that like rom com? It's very spicy. I think I so. Love that book. Yeah. Okay. We'll count then, it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. My favorite movie rom com and I don't even know if it's rom com, but my favorite is Crazy Stupid Love. Great movie. Oh, I could watch that movie every single day. About Time, which I also don't know is technically a rom-com. It's like, I love a time travel show. Mm. I love that movie so much. And I mean, there's probably, it's like, do I want to choose a Julia or a Sandra? Uh, It's (laughs) tough. I I asked this question knowing full well that I would struggle to answer my my top. uh, There's so many of them. I'm trying to think. I watched... 10 Things I Hate About You with my daughter. And that <gasps> is a great one still. How did she like it? She liked it. Okay. She's getting into romance. She right now is, people will judge me and I don't care. We watched Bridgerton. I did make, I did fast forward through the spice scenes. Like season, season one? Season one? Season one? We watched season two together, which was- well, Season two had barely any next scenes. That's fine. Yeah. And the ones we did- but she's super into them and not that she needs press, but Julia Quinn is the kindest person in the entire world. And I told her that Harlow loved the books. And so she signed some and sent them to her for her Oh my God. And she signed Bridgerton Clue for her. And on like the inside of the box wrote this like little like kind of poem, like who did it and put all of her family members in it. And I really don't think I'll ever get her another gift that tops that. That is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. The perks of having a mom who's an author. That's pretty great. She's the only person impressed by me. And it's literally only because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. So Alexa, what's next for you? What are you working on now? So I, oh my gosh, I just turned in another book Mm -hmm. and it is, I most of, some of my other books recently have had like you know the heavier themes. This next one is just pure rom com delight. It is called Nemesis Next Door, and great so, title. Oh my gosh! And it's so fun. It's about a woman who is a television writer, and she gets canceled. Right? She gets caught on video, kind of destroying her ex's car. And somebody- <laughs> on YouTube and it gets songified and she loses her job and she can't get work. And so she has to move back to Ohio into her suburb with her parents where she finds out that one of her neighbors is her like high school nemesis who is now on the HOA board. And he also doesn't like her and he wants her gone. So he issues her an HOA uh, citation. And And when she goes to fight it, they find out that the HOA president is moving 
and he is going to run for HOA president. And just to get back at him, she runs against him for <gasps> HOA president. And it is just so much fun. Oh my God. And that sounds great. Yeah. Like the next door shenanigans, the funny neighbors, the like lover or enemies to lovers. Trope. It's just, it's so fun. I love that book so much. And so I just turned that in. I'm waiting for edits and I'm drafting a new project that's who knows if we'll get it. Um, I'm calling it my Tina Turner fan fiction book because I'm obsessed with Tina Turner. I actually just finished reading I, Tina, the, her biography. Wow. With her daughter. Let me tell you, reading books that were written in the 80s versus now. <laughs> I was like, Kurt Loder, we can't say that anymore. <laughs> it was oh. a different time back yeah, then. <laughs> it was totally different time. It's so funny to read it then with like, now I try to be, I, obviously we still, everybody still, you know, makes mistakes, but I very much try to be conscious of Every, especially the things that I'm writing and to be very inclusive. Yeah. yeah. And to see those and be like, oh, you could never say that now, but it's just so funny to see how things have changed. So I'm trying to start drafting that and seeing if anybody wants it. So we'll That's see. Amazing. I've been wanting to write this book for, I don't know, about a year and a half now. So I'm really excited to have the time and the space to finally explore it. I can see a whole Tequila Tina themed Instagram stories (laughs) as soon as that book is ready. That's so exciting. You're so prolific in terms of your writing. You know, you were on this podcast with your last book. You had some advice for aspiring writers. Do you have anything kind of different sort of having gone through pandemic times and writing a book? Any advice you want to share? I mean, I think my advice probably, I don't remember what I said last time, but I'm pretty sure it's the same, which is just to take the time to do it. And to not overthink and really starting is the hardest part. I mean, finishing, finishing is pretty hard too. Don't let anybody (laughs) tell you different, but to just keep going and to not overthink it. I think it's why my kids always say I'm so last minute, but I know if I have a year to write, it will take me a year because I'll keep going back and stopping. But there's so many great resources. There are great craft books. If you're into them, I love the emotional craft of fiction by Donald Moss and Story Genius by Lisa Crone. And just to kind of like your story is so important, even mm-hmm. if you're just like, this is so, I just wrote a book about the HOA um, <laughs> and it was the most one I've ever had. And I know that when people read it, they're going to have fun too, right? So I think whatever story you're thinking about to just not talk yourself out of it, we're our own biggest critics. And just to allow yourself the time to write and to draft and to edit, it does not be perfect the first time. So. I love that. I love that. And your books are fun to read. I'm glad they're fun to write. Alexa, it has been awesome chatting with you on this podcast. Better Than Fiction is out now. And you can get your copy and listen to it in the car with your grandmother if you want. <laughs> You're going to best friend. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Alexa. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.